0: Welcome to the Inspired to be Authentic podcast. I am your host, Matt Lansedal. Inspired to be Authentic is a podcast where we converse with people who are living their most authentic lives. We get real with our guests and talk openly about how they live with courage to be themselves. We explore barriers they have overcome to be more authentic and aligned to themselves and their purpose. Today is episode 29 and we are joined by Sam Garcia. Welcome. Thank
1: you. so beautiful to be here.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you here. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the spiritual approach to trauma recovery. Uh, this is a very, very big thing that's happening. There's a lot of trauma happening on this planet. A lot of people's old past traumas are coming up. So if you're somebody who's experienced trauma in your past, in your childhood, and you find that this stuff just keeps reoccurring in patterns or shadows in your life, Uh, today we're going to be unpacking um, some different recovery strategies from a spiritual perspective uh, on how we can start to work uh, and heal uh, our trauma. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we I want want to just introduce um, Sam uh, formally. So Sam is called to connect and work with trauma recovery coaching, spiritual mentoring and soul retrieval clients that are connected to their spirituality Mm. Mm. um, and have a sense of their own daily spiritual practice and are doing their emotional and mental work. In addition, his intention is to support men and women who want to move past their trauma and embody the gifts of their wounds and are ready to move into the next level of their personal power. They have a support system and uh, which would be like a therapist counselor psychologist mentors close friends family and sam would be in addition to your support team he is here to support empower uplift and be a peer in your healing journey it is a great honor and his holy privilege to work with you in this capacity he looks toward forward to supporting you in your healing journey mm. yeah this is really exciting this is why i've been connected to you i know that um usually my guests on this on uh, my podcast are people that i've aligned to um because of my own personal journey whatever's coming up and um i was connected to you by our mutual friend tony tony harris love and love and adore her um she's probably going to be listening to this at some point so shout out to tony
1: yay hey Tony.
0: (laughs) (laughs) um And I'm also working through some childhood stuff, some some old trauma baggage that's there. So, and you have also made it clear that that's some stuff that you're working through as well. And we're both kind of walking the path together. So today we're going to just unpack and share a little bit about our own, maybe our own journeys and our own um, recoveries, and how we help clients through their trauma recovery. And we'll just really get get our hands nice and uh, and dirty in the in the trauma recovery area (laughs) Um, I'd love to start just by uh, getting to know a little bit more about you so um, yeah do you want to maybe just share a little bit more about yourself and what gets you lit up in this life
1: oh great question thank you what gets me lit up in this life Hmm. well I think um, for starters I want to say I think what what lights me up is really to like how um, to support people in moving past their trauma stories, as I would say. Right. So like as a survivor myself, like it's, um, uh, it's been important for me to thrive and not much be the survivor, but to like be the thriver as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, um, so I love that thriving part. And so, um, you know, and then what I, what I really love doing is, is, uh, is supporting people and, um, like transforming, um, and releasing the uh, the old stories that they personally made up, right? That's number one. And then also the other stories that they adopted from their abusers, right? And so, so those two things. I've, I've doing my own personal work with that. It was it was just a complete like wake up. I'm like, oh my god, like I can't believe that I that I you know took for you know I'm 50 now, so almost 50 years of like stuff from childhood for my for my cousins you know would would say over and over again and i believed it and i'm like whoa stop stop the press <laughs> you know <laughs> like this is not my jam my friend <laughs> so here take this back please <laughs> right right <Yeah>. so <laughs> and um and then at the same time like you know uh, releasing my own stuff that i made up at the same time about myself right and so uh Uh, and, and how, how that ran me for years. Right. And so um, even to this day, I I have to set boundaries for myself, you know, and like, you know, for like, especially irrational fears that keep spinning. And I just, I'm like, Sam, no, we're not doing that anymore, buddy. You know, Mm -hmm. like, so really to help to shape shift the brain, especially that amygdala center where the emotional center is. Right. And so so the so the the self boundaries um, has been really a huge help and to really shapeshift the, the neural pathways. <clears throat> right. I, I like like the other day I, I was talking to my sister Serena and uh, there's a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza. Have you heard of him? Sure have, yeah. <laughs> and um, so I've heard of him, but I I haven't I haven't I I would like to get more into his work, but just how you know from what little I heard about um Shape shifting the uh, um, you know the thoughts and and of the of the brain and and just you know to shape shift the neural pathways into a more you know a better way of uh, thinking of oneself. So yeah, so that lights me up, and um, yeah, I think I've, I've been on this I've been on this healing journey, recovery journeys, um, 25 plus years. So uh, I I think I remember like when I was about twenty five um twenty four twenty five and um and i did uh do, do you remember at the landmark forum Yeah. like you know it used to be called s and so that was like my first you know transmission anything <laughs> and and I brought in the I went into the Kool-Aid and I was just like, oh my
0: god, this is amazing you know
1: <laughs> so but then it just you know it kept moving on from there and but uh yeah so i i For years, I just, uh, you know, thought I'm like, oh my God, I can like shape shift things. So let's, you know, just dive in and just go deep as I can. And, you know, went into AA, into recovery, and I went into like um, something called uh, Men's Inner Journey. Um, You know, it's a a gay men's retreat. Um, uh, Who's the guy that made it? Michael something I can't remember his last name. Hmm. Anyway, so um, um, you know, then mankind project, and then other workshops, and then I got into shamanism with my teacher for 15 plus years, and, and she's still my teacher. So I think it's lifelong thing with her. Yeah, so I just fucking love her to pieces, shards and dust, and she's just like my everything. That woman. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, you know, and so so it. it for all those years i just was like well let's just go ahead and hurry up and do all this work because so that way i don't have to deal with this crap anymore and um and so like uh let's get into this 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 and so it was like chasing after that um what do they call that the uh the workshop high you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i got addicted to that basically yeah and so uh (laughs) right so it was just like and it wasn't until like recently that I just was like, wow, wow. I've been, a, a, there's this sort of addiction to tra- transformation. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how about we don't have to search for stuff to work on same, just let it happen naturally. Yeah. So that's, that's been a big thing recently.
0: Yeah. I think that's huge. And I, I, I also resonate with that too because I think the pursuit of, transformation is actually incited by the ego the ego we develop a spiritual ego essentially in our transformative transformative process and uh, right, right. because the the soul on the transformative process it just allows the transformation to happen and the ego brings resistance to it so it's like i always know when i'm in ego when i'm when i'm trying too hard mm. to transform yeah. or to look for things to transform right because the the ego is attached to outcome Whereas the soul is allowing the outcome to come to the, the the resolve of whatever it's meant to be. It doesn't know. It just allows.
1: <laughs> uh huh. I like that allowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just. It's just. um, I always say. Um, I can breathe easier when
0: when that from that word allowing rather than just kind of be like
1: yeah
0: nee, you know butting heads at myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The recovering perfectionist. That's definitely uh, a a thing of my, my, my past as well. And sometimes it even creeps back in, but about uh, my transformation and especially the way I view my body and things like that. It's a lot of perfectionism, Mm -hmm. a lot of resistance and
1: yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I want to set the tone for, for, for the show, because I think there might be some people that they might understand what the word trauma means, but like in the context of like how we're defining it, what do we, how do we want to define trauma for this, for this podcast Mm -hmm. episode? Great question.
1: I, I want to say I'm just waiting for some for some clarity here because there's a, mm-hmm. there's I can I can I can get the sensation in my chest, but no words are coming out right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: take your time. Take your time. <laughs>
1: hmm. I want to. I, I want to say like the um, like. So discomfort is what's coming forward. And, um, you know, my sense is that when, oh, here's, 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 here's something that's coming forward. So, you know how, like how, when, when people say, you know, we come in as a soul and, you know, and we're like this, this pure light, pure joy and all these things. Right. And so then, um, And then what happens is that uh, we come into um, uh, a lineage, right? Like our parents, right? And then then we have all the ancestral lineages, right? And then, um, and so, uh, so then what ends up happening is that like, um, it's like when, the, f- the very first time when, when my cousin basically like, uh, comes in and asks me to, you know, give him oral sex, right. At four years old and, and to a four-year-old kid, <laughs> it's like, what the hell are you doing? What the fuck is this? Right. Sorry. I don't need to swear on this. <laughs> yeah,
0: feel free. That's all. Uh, uh,
1: okay. <laughs> and you know, and I'm just like, Hmm. You know? And so, and I, but, and then growing up without the father, it's like, okay, well, uh, let's, let's put father into this, this human being. Cause he's a bigger dude. And this must be what, what needs, what is meant to happen or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, uh, you know, and then you know, and then time goes on and then, you know, this happens again and again and again. So it's like, and not just him. then here comes the other cousins. And so then, so then, so then it just, uh, all of a sudden, um, Somehow, I mean, I was always a joyous kid, but somehow the the joy got dampened for after a while, you know, and so like so I kind of you know to me it 's like traumas like it 's like we're in, we're full of light, and all of a sudden you know the shadow stuff comes starts coming in and then dampen out the light hmm. right and so uh <clears throat> and then uh so it, it Fast forward after all those years, you know, from like age four to twelve, um, coming into a relationship, um, you know, then all of a sudden I build build these protective walls. Like, hmm, you know, let's let's uh, how do I say that when I would get into a group of people, let's make everybody happy mm. so that I so that I can feel safe, right? And I did that for years with my mom, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, caretaking and all that jazz, and so um uh so I think the trauma you know it's like it's um I love what my teachers say, it's like um we're having a normal response to an abnormal experience <laughs> kind of thing, yeah, and so i'm like oh okay i i I hear you, you know, and so <clears throat> so I think it's it's really just uh you know distress discomfort and um uh, you know especially when something's physically done right uh and not, it doesn't have to be sexual abuse it could be emotional abuse you know and like just the the constant um words that i I hear when I was a kid you know so when we were kids we just sponge everything up right yeah and so so the amygdala and 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 all of the the uh, hippocampus and the neural pathways just and so it you know it takes years to break all that shit up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I think that's it's kind of a long answer, but that's sort of how I um, uh, how I view trauma.
0: Yeah, I think I would probably say something similar. Um, my traumatic experiences when I was younger were very relational, um, and they had to do with loss and they had to do with abandonment. And um, right. so for me, it was this. Trauma for me re- resembles a lack of safety and a lack of control, and mm-hmm.
1: um, yes, yes, yes,
0: feeling out of control. Actually, so I ended up developing a lot of control issues um, to try and maintain safety. And that's right. how my my tr- my trauma manifested itself in my body. I think was my lower chakra centers became quite dormant and blocked because my, the root chakra in the body at the base of the spine is where we, we hold, um, security, safety kind of sense of ourself in the world. And, um, when we experience loss or abandonment, that's that, that center, that energy center tends to become blocked. And I definitely experienced that. I've had a lot of my physical manifestations in this life revolve around my pelvis and having pelvic pain and having kidney stones and having um different sort of issues in that respect and um so it's really fascinating and I think when when you look at trauma I think spirituality tends to look at trauma from a little bit more of a of a body focus Whereas mm-hmm. psychology tends to look at it from more of a mental focus and how sure, sure. Um, they, they both bleed into each other though. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. um, so today it's, it's interesting because if we're talking about a spiritual approach to trauma recovery, um, what, what would you say is something that you really, really, that really worked well for you as far as helping you heal from your trauma
1: Wow. you know um, there's been, been many avenues but I want to say like it's been a, do you know anything about um, IFS internal family systems
0: mm-hmm. yeah you told me a bit uh, about it last time we chatted uh, mm-hmm, yeah.
1: short. Uh, so I got introduced to that like in 2009 and um, my uh, dear friend uh, Dina uh, who's a therapist um, it was, it was one of those things where, uh, when I, when I understood how, um, different parts of myself, you know, were like, like my, my protective mechanisms and, you know, my lashing out mechanisms, right. Like kind of, you know, two ways of protecting myself, it's either like, uh, lashing out or, uh, managing my own myself right? and just managing how I can, how I, how I, how I operate in the world yeah and um and then everything was just to to protect the wounds and to protect the you know the the uh the wounds yeah basically yeah and so 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 that that work really helped to really kind of like tease my my fragmented brain <laughs> basically and like okay let's let's start at each age and you know go to go to, basically like go to directly to the the moments when um when the trauma happened and then to like insert me the adult self to shape shift and heal and and basically like kind of retrieve myself back home yeah. to my throat, right and to like oh let's let's dust off all the the anger, the rage and the hurt and the pain and all that jazz. Right. And all the different stories that I made up and whatever came from the cousins and um, uh, easier said than done, believe me, (laughs) like it's just like, forget about it. But, um, but when, you know, when it does, when it's like, I build the relationship with my own protective system and which helped me to kind of go ask permission to kind of go into those wounds to bring healing to those wounds. And then the protective system of myself can relax and that me my authentic self can move forward right because mm. that's really who's driving not really my protective system and my wounds right yeah and so when i heard like that that's like that's me the authentic self is who's really driving the my own my own body basically <laughs> or my life and not from you know from all of these protective systems i was like Oh wow. So that, so like, you mean to tell me that like, I am really not all these things that I, that I made up myself to be, or, you know, and all, and just these little things. And so, but who I am is just like me solid here as an adult human being. Right. And to live through my heart kind of thing. Yeah. And so, um, so I, that's, that was huge, man. But, and you know, the shamanism was so retrieval work that I did about six of those in the last Fifteen years. <laughs> um, oh, that's amazing. So I wanna
0: then, I wanna learn more about the soul retrieval. But I think what we can do is I wanna go through because uh, basically what you just did is you just created a beautiful timeline for us to kind of conceptualize this because you look at the uh, protection mechanisms. And Mm -hmm. that kind of being like the things that we, well, first of all, we have the trauma and then we have the things that we accumulate around the trauma to protect us from having the trauma wound being constantly activated. Right, And then that is the, is the insulation that keeps our authentic self from being able to emerge. And one of the ways that to start to access authentic self is to clear trauma. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just yeah, clearing out the history. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: clearing out the history. So I, I, I wanted to, I shared a video with you from Christina Lopes, and we both were, we both ate that up. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to maybe unpack, <laughs> I wanted to maybe unpack that a yeah. little bit with you because I think there's so much in that video and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes for people so they can also watch it. But basically what she talks about in the video is about, um, empaths and highly sensitive people and mm. how we experience, um, trauma, um, at a higher capacity or at a, at a lower capacity actually to, to tolerate, um, trauma so we get traumatized a lot easier as highly sensitive people and she does a lot of work with empaths and highly sensitive people and she's talking about the protection mechanisms that we develop in childhood to to Mm -hmm. allow us to cope with the trauma so they're actually adaptive mechanisms that we use when we're children but they become maladaptive as we get older and Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so there's four of them and i want to unpack them with you so maybe what we can do is um Well, I'll, I'll read them off and then why don't you pick one and we can talk about it. You can talk a bit about it. And then if I have anything to add, and we'll just kind of go back and forth. So the, the, the four mechanisms that she talks about are premature ego formation, Mm. soul fragmentation, Mm -hmm. heart closure, and mental dissociation. These are the four mechanisms. So why don't we go through, just pick one, one that speaks to you and we'll, we'll unpack it and then we'll move on.
1: The last three, the last three really, really, really struck me. Uh, But the one that came out was Soul Fragmentation.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that one's right up your alley. (laughs) So what does that mean to you? What does Soul Fragmentation mean to you?
1: Well, um, it kind of, it really, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it, it it just goes into so much a work, but um, I think how I can kind of speak about this in layman's terms is that uh, you know, um, you remember how I was just talking about like how the you know the our protective systems you know come in and so forth, and so like, um, and so I want to kind of go back a little bit further. So, during those traumatic events, um, when they happen, um. Uh, it's like a, a, a part of our essence leaves exits out of the system. Right. And so when that exits out of the system, that's, that's our, like our joy our, our, our trust and our power, you know, just for example. And so um, <clears throat> um, and, uh, and so and in, in my case, whether that, the, when there's complex trauma um, it's like, from those soul essences. It's like it's like everything for all those years. Like there were so so many fragments of just like okay, that's gone, that's gone, this is gone, that's gone, and uh, and so over the years, it's just been kind of like pulling those those fragments back into myself, right? And um, and so so and in, in the terms of what you're speaking to, what is this woman's name again? I forgot her name. Christina Lopes. Christina Lopes. Yeah. Um, and what what I hear her saying, um uh, you know like say for example if if I haven't been doing my work for all these years, like those fragmentations in the way I walk in the world is just like I would probably be like a freaking you know fear ball walking everywhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and because uh, that's that's what's been what it's been like as proof through this um uh I call them irrational fears, yeah. Right. And so, like, it's like the body, my body, my, you know, one of the things I learned with, with my teacher Char is that um, the soul is what animates the body. Right. And so it's like we're in our, we're in our souls. And so, so it's like uh, my nervous system was highly attuned to the outside world. And what happens was that, like, I just like, I projected my, my trauma to the whole entire planet. <laughs> mm. So, it could be a person walking by, not doing anything to me, but for some reason, whatever it is, it's like my body is just like, whoa, what is that? Who is this? You know, and just like, Sam, it's, it's just a person walking by. That's all that's happening, right? So, so over, so it it took years to like to train my nervous system to relax. Yeah. Right. And so when when I hear a soul fragmentation, that's just like. You know, everything has just been kind of like so heightened and, and fragmented that just a normal person walking by doing anything, even just a, a look, um, would just trigger something in my brain. Yeah. It's fucking weird. But anyway, it's what it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, know,
1: like, it- go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you said something that really stood out to me and that's about the nervous system. And I think the nervous system is where a lot of that stuff, this stuff is stored. It's kind of like our barometer mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. amount of trauma we've experienced. And, and, um, when we are really intuitive or, or empathic or highly sensitive, we our nervous systems tend to be a lot more sensitive as well. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're constantly having to learn how to regulate, um, and emotion yeah. regulation is actually a huge part of trauma recovery. Ooh yeah and i think we can maybe unpack that next after we kind of go through these these pieces here but i just wanted to to affirm what you said around the nervous system and the importance of trauma recovery and learning how to regulate the nervous system
1: it's yeah yeah huge. that's ginormous i mean i like what you said earlier about about the the adaptive and the maladaptive coping mechanisms right and and the regulation is um yeah it's like I can't tell you how many how many regulation styles that I've learned over the years mm-hmm. to get myself back into center.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it's like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is this is the meat this is what people want so we, we we need to make sure that we speak to some of those strategies uh towards yeah. the end of the podcast because people sure. it's like great they hear the theory they're like yeah i identify myself yep that's me that's me and then oftentimes people just leave them cliffhanging right uh. it's like so i'd love today to be like truly about trauma recovery so we can unpack hey. we can unpack like all the stuff and paint the picture nicely mm-hmm. and then i'd love to to leave some stuff out for the people to really eat up Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about premature ego formation actually, because this is a big deal for me and this is what I'm going through right now. I'm going through a bit of a spiritual process in my life where my ego is actually uh, dissolving and Mm. um, it's not going without a massive fight. (laughs) And uh, when I was younger, through my experiences, um, I developed an ego at quite a young age. I would probably say around seven. Um, there was some unsafe stuff occurring in my environment and around some of the loss and the abandonment and my parents splitting up and things like that. And, um, I quickly learned to, um, to focus on everybody else. And I developed almost like a codependency. And in that codependency, it was um, this, this sub personality or this, this part of me that um, made myself less important and made everybody else important around me. And I, mm-hmm. I misused my own empathy and um, I, I lost my sense of self in that process. And um, so I, I kind of developed this, this, this ego mechanism that related to the world from, you um, almost like a nothing can bother me, nothing can impact me. And I I developed a callousness when really underneath that callousness was a really sensitive, uh, wounded young Mm -hmm. boy. And um, so this this part of me became controlling. Um, It became really um, repressed. I repressed my feelings for for a very very long time. I ended up developing an a, an addiction um, mm. because of that, uh, and just had very poor emotional uh, regulation, and it, it wasn't even it, it wasn't even. Um, it was over-regulation. I was over-regulating my emotions, um, and not allowing myself to experience my emotions. And that's why my trauma never healed. And my, my, my Uh ego was how I did that. So it was like this stoic mask, my ego wears this stoic mask. And, and then, um, so anyway, so through this, through my healing journey, I've been doing a lot of embodiment work and getting into the, the, the meat of who I am and into the flesh of who I am and, and and out of the mind, because I've realized quite later in life that you can't actually think your way through your feelings. You have to feel your way through your feelings. (laughs) And, (laughs) and you know, what's really fascinating. A realization I've had quite recently is that, Um, As an empath, I've been spending my life feeling other people's feelings and not feeling my own feelings. Ah. And what it's been a protection mechanism for me, a maladaptive one, to say the least. And um, what it's doing is it's keeping me what I think is safe by focusing on everybody else's experience and not focusing on myself. And then I think I'm feeling my feelings because I'm thinking about feeling my feelings. And Mm. then I'm wondering why I'm not healing, because you have to actually feel in order to heal. And um, so embodiment has been huge. And that's how I'm I'm dissolving my ego is through embodiment and, and spending as much time in my body and doing a lot of healing work in my body um but it's it's hard and i want to give a little bit of a tip for people who also resonate with this because in order for for the mind to quiet enough to get into the body you have to you have to first prime the ego you have to give the ego reason to get on board with the surrender process of embodiment Mm -hmm. because otherwise it 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 renders itself useless. It's like, well, why would I, why would I want to surrender when I'm not going to be, be useful? So you have to kind of give this egoic part of you, this wounded part of you reason to, um, to, to, want to make this transformation happen. And, and Christina Lopes talks about that as priming the ego, you're getting it ready for the transformation. So I've, I've created an inner dialogue with my inner child and my ego. And I, I mm-hmm. communicate with him daily and just really reassure him. And it's like, kind of like the reparenting, right. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of research in in the trauma field around reparenting and mm-hmm. how we have to reparent the part of ourselves that felt um, wounded. So yes, this premature ego formation in order to reverse that mechanism, um, we have to soothe the ego and we approach the ego with love and compassion and allow it to exactly. have part in the, in the surrender process. So, yeah.
1: Well, I, I love everything that you just said, cause I can totally relate, uh, in a huge way. Um, you know, um, you know, I, one of the things with, uh, with IFS, I call it parts work for, um, for short. And, um, and so how I hear what you're saying is just like, um, you know, working with, with the ego part of you and the, and, and the child part of you. And, and, um, and I love the, um, um, the self-parenting, right. And to, uh, to really like, um, open up the heart. And like, uh, I, one of the things I love to do is, is to, um, is to breathe myself bigger than all the old parts of me. And so every, so everything in me can relax.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And so like, okay, I want to breathe myself a lot bigger than every, 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 all parts of me, just like everything. And so, so that space, you know, when, when, I when you say that love and compassion, it's like um, it's, it just, my brain, my whole nervous system can like, Oh, someone's here. Okay. I can, I don't have to be, you know, front and center all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Kind of thing. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. and I, I can relax. I'm like, yeah, aren't you tired?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, so uh, yeah, thank God. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um so we got two left you choose the next one so heart closure or mental dissociation if there's anything you'd like to speak on those or relate to them in any way with the audience
1: um i like the heart closure part the one okay yeah mm. well um i remember in my probably like the f- first no probably third year of my uh shamanic cl- uh training yeah and and um and one of the things that, that I learned from there was um, <clears throat> when I first heard the term, you know, live, live, live through your heart, Sam, like live through your heart and, um, you know, see through the eyes of your heart. And uh, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I can't even fucking do that. Like, I'm so fucking closed down. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> 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 and so <laughs> and so you know and um uh you know and so uh it 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 took um I, I remember when we first started rattling um uh one, one of my classmates was just rattling so freaking hard around my chest and it was almost kind of like kind of thumping my thymus you know mm. and it's like open up Sam, I'm like I can't. I fucking can't right now. And um, you know, and I, I you know, I, I just didn't even know how like how to I mean I meditated and stuff, but I it, it was still a hard time to learn how to relax. Mm. You know, especially <laughs> at that, especially at that time. Yeah. And so like um um but I think what did help, because I, I was uh, I love dance like a lot. And um and so that's one of the things that I um that I teach is was called soul dance. And so, um, so transformation through movement, right. And so, um, five rhythms and ecstatic dance. And so, um, so that was one of the things that like, even, even in my twenties, like, you know, we're going out to nightclubs in New York and all the different game meccas that I used to live in. Um, uh, that was, that was my, um, how do I say my one mechanism for healing myself, right? Like. Just dance like a freaking maniac. And then by the time I'm done, my heart's open, you know, and, and I've danced for fucking hours until the wee hours in the morning. Right. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and, um, and so, 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 so back to that class, um, you yeah, know, it just took a while to, to, to just, I mean, I could even felt like the moment that I felt there was kind of some kind of danger, like I literally felt my body like like shrinking around my chest mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is not cool. Okay, so I would so take a look around, observe my my surroundings. No, nobody's hurting me. It's okay, Sam. And you know, just, again, it took years to like, to just to relax my the chest part.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can so relate. I think that's probably one of my biggest ones was heart closure. Yeah, that's repression, right? Repressing repressing yeah. ourselves, constricting. We're constricting the parts of ourselves, putting up the walls so nobody yeah. can hurt us. But what right. we're doing in that process is we're also, uh, we're not allowing in hurt, but we're not allowing in love as exactly. well. We, we don't get to select which emotions come in and out of the walls. We just put the wall up, Right. <laughs> So we're and that's been a a big part of my life is um, connecting with people through my mind. And thinking that I'm connecting in a loving way, but I'm actually quite closed off. And it's not until recent that I've got this feedback from from people in my life that I'm quite stoic, and I'm quite cold at times. And um, I'm, I live from my mind a lot. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's some truth to it as, as well. And I'm doing a lot of work right now to open myself up um, from my heart center more. And uh, I know that when my heart is open, I'm playful. I am Mm -hmm. connecting with my innocence. I'm compassionate. I'm accepting of others. Um, So these are beautiful experiences that I want to have, but I'm not quite there yet Um, (laughs) where I can spend – consecutive amounts of time or days in this in this state but embodied dance has helped me a lot too actually i try my best Mm -hmm. to dance daily and move daily um because the the movement of energy is so critical in this process and actually moving opening up my base chakra was pretty big for me and that's what i'm doing now and then once that opens up you allow yourself to feel safe and belong and then you start to move into the heart opening um so yeah it's definitely uh uh, a procedure but so christina lopes says deep connection and devotion with the body uh this is how to open the heart uh tantra massage heart mm. mantra heart mantras uh heart light exercise and compassion training so again this will all be in the video when we share it mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to share on opening the heart
1: well i yeah so um i love that you uh, touched on um uh t- 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 Massage and I yep. also love um compassion work. Um the other thing I wanted to touch on uh is um how grief can open up the heart. Um uh just I think I shared with you already uh, um my best and dearest closest friend of 30 years passed away three weeks ago. Mm. And um and so like and this person was um how do I say it's going to lead to what I want I'm, to what I'm talk about with the heart um, opening and closing, which is that, um, you know, this is the person that, that um, I recently found out last week, which was that um, I grew up without a father um, and my stepfather came when I was about eight. Um, and so that was social relationship um, until later, got better. But that but that when I got, when I met Poco, um, I didn't know the depth of how he filled that father role mm. until, until I went through the process last Monday. Mm. And so how, and how, and how his, his passing really um, touched my heart in a really deep way. And so, so, so the grieving has, has opened up the heart in, in, in such a way that I'm learning to um, how do I say uh, to love like everybody included, especially, and definitely myself, but, but just everyone exactly how they are. Um, and, uh, easier said than done, but, but some, there's some there's something about that group that is teaching me to like, Sam, you just gotta love everybody. Love yourself. Number one. And then everybody else, exactly how they are. Mm-hmm. Even, even if they're, they're not so great people, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, like you know, everybody's growing in their own in their own in their own pace, right? Yeah. <clears throat> kind of thing, and so, um, so that's my recent thing. It's it's kind of like like, uh, <sighs> and again, easier said than done. But but it's like when when the when the grief happens, it's like it just opens up. Empathy opens up so much. Um, so I'm like. Hmm. That's a new one. <laughs> I mean, I grieved before, but this is just, you know, when I close to home like this is quite something.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Well, I, and I love how you talk about grief because that I, I truly think that we mask our trauma. The top layer is usually anger, rage, callousness, um, right. minimization, all of these things. And then below that is grief.
1: Yeah, yeah, grief
0: sorrow despair sadness these really really dense heavy emotions of Mm -hmm. of the the loss of our innocence the the, that's 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 what i feel like it is 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 um so when we when we when we meet our trauma um whether it be an embodiment or or in mind even it's um we're coming up against grief and Mm -hmm. we're we're really being asked to sit with um Uh that grief and allow it to release and it can be so painful but it's what's on the other side of that it's like letting the floodgates opening and then you can start to feel your connection to your authenticity and because it's been guarded it's been blocked um, and also connection to your innocence I had a profound experience um, a few weeks ago um, in a ceremony where I was connecting to my inner child and I was able to connect with playfulness in a way that I haven't since I was a little boy. Mm -hmm. And it was so, Uh -uh. so powerful. It was a mushroom ceremony and uh, I just started giggling and i started like being like this little joker and this little trickster and like just like this energy came out in me and it was so so cool because i was like (laughs) wow i'm like i haven't (laughs) felt this energy since i was a little kid and i was like just like hopping around my house all excited and um it was just really (laughs) cool i love it And so to just, it was almost like spirit gave me a taste of that because it's like, this is what's coming. You know, this is what you're, you're, this is why we wanted you to taste this because you need to keep trudging through this darkness because on the other side of this is your integration with, with your inner child. So you can start to play again and you can start to have fun and start to love freely. And, um, it was really really cool so that's that was a taste of hope for me to keep doing this deep work that i'm in that i'm in now because i know on the other side of it, it's going to be some really beautiful stuff so i'm excited yeah, about
1: that. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah yeah amen to that brother yeah yeah amen i i freaking love that a lot um yeah you know i love that you said um uh the mushroom journey because i i did a um i would with a therapist uh an mdma uh journey
0: okay yeah
1: and so so um so that you know um it helped me to um to love everything that was that was coming forward right and then and to grieve it but then also to like come back to that door like you're saying yeah and it's like oh right this is again like from we were are saying oh this is who i really am
0: yeah
1: right so anyway and i love that you just said, said that so <laughs>
0: yeah yeah psilocybin has been um something that i've used very infrequently but when i do it's an interesting experience that i have because it's almost like what happens is I completely, my ego structure goes dormant while I'm, yeah. And it just go, it, it falls to the side and it allows me to access my authentic self immediately. And yeah. And then what ends up happening when I'm, when the medicine starts to wear off, it it's like my ego goes and comes right back. And so it's like, it just gives me this taste of what it can feel like if you keep moving forward. Right. And that's why I don't think plant medicine is the be all end all, but I do think that right. there's value in having um, a yeah. glimpse of, of yourself in, in your authentic nature, because, um, your ego has been removed and it gives you that, that perspective, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really yeah. cool. It allows me to embody a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll, I'll also smoke a bit of cannabis or eat cannabis once in a while as well. And that's, I have that same experience is, um, I become embodied right away and I love dancing after I've smoked a little bit of cannabis because it's like, it just pulls you out of your head. You know, it allows you just to enter your body and, uh, um, but I, I, do try and dance every day, uh, not, and not using cannabis because I don't want to become dependent on something in order yeah, f- to be embodied. Right. Right, um, right. so I just use it as a treat once in a while.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that you said that because it, you know, it's, I would say it's like, um, a tool of many tools, mm-hmm. right. To, to experience something like that. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I love that. What, you know, one of the, um things that I've learned over the years, especially with, uh, with my teacher Char is, um, it's called a, a warrior meditation and it's just literally like just standing with the shoulder feet apart and with my eyes, just kind of, um, just looking at, at whatever, you know, outside I'm in and, and, um, and it's just this beautiful, like, uh, standing meditation. And it, and literally just helps me to like, I feel myself, Oh, here's my feet. Oh, here's my low back. Here's my spine and just breathing and then just like seeing you know the outside nature and so mm. just having that stance and just being there and just being quiet it's it's really you know embodying as you would say
0: yeah, yeah I love, cool. mm-hmm. right on um okay mental dissociation is the last one so you know it's when i watched this video i was like damn it I got all of these <laughs> so much. Un- <laughs> this is so unfair. <laughs> I hear you, <laughs> but, but this is my path and I, I honor my path. So mental dissociation for me is shows up again in the form of repression. So it's almost like taking refuge out of your body and into your mind where you start to become, um, you start to basically, uh, do the opposite of embodiment. You just, you, you live your life out of your mind and you don't enter your body because, and especially for people who've experienced physical trauma where sexual trauma or abuse, physical abuse, they, they want to exit their body because their body is this place that they experience their trauma. So they go and they, they um, dissociate in their, in their, their mind. And uh, dissociation can also be kind of like creating this separate, um, sense of self or this separate, this separate personality almost, um, where you take refuge within. But again, it's just a sub personality of your mind. And I think mental dissociation and premature ego formation are kind of very, very closely linked because if you look at the, the, what an ego structure is, is it's a sub personality of the mind of who we think we are, who we think we have to be. And I think mental dissociation can kind of be similar. Um, her, her suggestions were inner child work is the primary thing of, of working through <laughs> mental dissociation. And again, uh, the inner child is, uh, is also a subpersonality structure of our lived experiences mm-hmm. and, um, and maybe where we have gotten stuck in our developmental stages. Um, so she says guided meditations uh, make adult me safe um, and become a whole adult first. So, mm-hmm. before you start approaching inner child work, um, one of the recommendations is to make sure that you're not approaching your inner child uh, from a state of being a hot mess. <laughs> because yeah. your inner child is going to be like, uh uh-uh, uh, why would I want to listen to you? You're a hot mess. So, it's kind of a matter of like doing some of this work first. So, you can mm-hmm. get to a place where when you start to have the dialogue with your inner child, you're coming from a place of, of, somewhat somewhat mature maturity and um there's some healing that's taken place already so that the inner child can feel like you're trustworthy to want Mm -hmm. to come with you on the journey of whatever surrender or further healing or whatever that might be
1: Hmm. yeah that's beautiful you know um one of the things i learned in the last number of years is um is how to tune in with my inner elder and my inner adult and child all together yeah and um You know, and so uh you know, that there's this process of just like um you know, getting getting centered in and then calling in my my inner uh elder and just kind of see what shows up and and for me it's like this sort of a blue Buddha type person, you know, energy. And so like um um and so uh so there there's this uh there's me the adult self and then the elder self and so along the ways of just um gathering gathering you know those two essences of me and before I, I connect with the inner kid um it creates a lot of safety yeah um and so i i hear uh what you're saying about uh making sure to do the work first and so we can not be a hot mess <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and so yeah just i like that mm-hmm
0: Yeah. The little, the little parts of us are that the first and foremost thing that they're looking for is safety because they didn't feel safe. And if we are able to provide that safety for them, they're going to integrate. And that's what this is all about. It's about integration, integrating ego, integrating uh, our inner child self into this soul version of ourself or this, this uh, authentic self version. So we can be an integrated and whole human being, not all these fragments of people living in different parts of our, our psyche. Um, so yeah, I want to, I want to unpack a little bit about emotion regulation, because I think this is so, so critical, because we, uh, p- people that have experienced trauma, experience emotion regulation issues. So we have two types of emotion regulation issues, we have overregulation, which is people who are emotionally avoidant. And then we, we have people who are underregulated, who are people who are overwhelmed by their emotions and they become flooded by their emotions. So, um, yeah, where, where would you identify yourself on that spectrum? Wow,
1: so beautiful. You're amazing human being, by the way. I just have to tell you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I love this. I love what you just said. Yeah. Um, so, so. So you said, uh, over, over flooded. And what was the other one again?
0: Uh, over-regulation and under-regulation. Hmm. Emotionally avoidant or emotionally overwhelmed. Okay.
1: Um, probably emotionally overwhelmed is the one is where I go to sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well, well yeah, that, that's, that's more than, than the other one. I have both, but more, more, more of the second one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think what um, what shows up is um, the most out of out of everything is fear is what is what comes up a lot. Mm. Um, and so. Um, <sighs> where am I going with this? Let's see,
0: <laughs> <laughs> We have all the time
1: okay good thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's all about presence it's so beautiful because i love the way that you the way because i can feel your energy i can feel your movement and it's like you're so embodied you're aligning to what has to come out instead of trampling it through here so take the time because the wisdom that you bring forth when you're aligned to your your body is so beautiful thank you yeah yeah okay
1: Yeah. Do you remember the, um, um, uh, I shared with you, um, uh, and this is something that I, that I saw in, in my, um, um, uh, healing retreats that my husband and I did last couple of years. And, um, and I, I developed, um, six ways how to regulate intense emotions. Mm. And, um, and one of them I shared with you, um, which was, um, you start with, um, I'm angry that, right. And, uh, and it, and it goes through all the emotions. I'm angry that I'm, I'm afraid that I'm, um, worried that I'm disgusted that, right. Yeah. So it's anger, angry, disgusted, afraid, worried, um, and then secure, um, and then, uh, I'm secure that. What was the other one?
0: Excited. That.
1: Excite. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Excited. Excited that. Happy that. And then grateful that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. just by naming three or four, three or four of each, by the time we get to gratitude, my nervous system is completely like, oh, okay, because I just named exactly what was going on in each, in each, in each uh, emotion. Right. Yeah. And so um so uh and I learned that from uh my therapist back in Seattle and um and it was just fucking stunning to be like from like ah to like okay <laughs> 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 right and so uh you know and so that would that would that was one major uh you know regulating intense emotions. Um and then also like just standing on one leg and balancing hmm Um just, you know, like and that's like an embodiment thing of just like uh okay, I'm I'm afraid or angry or whatever it is, and let's just stand on one leg and, and balance. Um and so that just kind of, you know, shapeshifts the emotion. Yeah. And then I and then I'm able to like then I'm able to come back and then just start naming what's in the room. There's some Christmas lights, right? Um uh there your surrender sign over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, You know, and then who, who am I talking with? You know, here's Matt with his beautiful glasses and a nice smile, you know. So literally what is exactly in front of me. Yeah. yeah. Right. To to presence myself. So that's number three. Um, and then, uh, you know, exercise, dance is number, f- you know, any anything that's physical, that's, number. F- you know, movement wise. So that's number four. Yeah. Um Talking, getting together with a friend, you know. Um, Hey, can you hold space for me right now? I'm I need to just vent or you know, I'm just experiencing some really intense stuff right now. That's number five. And then number six, I love writing. Mm. Right. And to literally like write write out whatever's whatever's happening or or, uh, or writing or art, right? Painting it out. Yeah. So those those are my top six
0: cool yeah that's beautiful and uh, maybe you can share that do you have it as a blog or something written is it written out
1: uh it, it's it's written out in in um in my uh outline for the, for the retreat
0: oh okay yeah if you can send me the link or something that'd be great i'll share it with people so they can have those six tips It'd be amazing yeah,
1: beautiful. yeah i'll probably uh i'll just uh i'll probably email it to you from there yeah.
0: okay yeah sounds good um, yeah, I would say for, for myself, there's I, I teach um, uh, there's a, a three step process of emotion regulation that I teach, and, and basically um, it starts with um, acknowledging. The emotion so we first have to acknowledge that there's something going on and oftentimes when people are really really dissociated or they're really um repressed they don't understand emotions they don't know what what's what and uh, I totally get that I've been there and sometimes I can also still be like what emotion is this I'm not quite sure yeah, um, yeah. so we don't need to be able to label it by name but we just need to be able to label that it's present and we acknowledge mm. that it's there and um And then the second step is to welcome the emotion. So we just say like, um, you know, shame, I welcome uh, and I honor and I, I welcome your presence in my experience right now. And we allow it to be there because oftentimes when we're so used to being emotionally dysregulated, it's because we are bringing in resistance to our emotions and we don't want them to be there. So anxiety comes knocking at the door and we're just like, pretend we don't hear it (laughs) and we pick up our phone and we start scrolling and we grab food and we start eating. And then Mm -hmm. what happens is the knock gets louder and louder Mm -hmm. and louder Mm -hmm. until the doors eventually open. But then when you realize that you, when you open the door, which is through the action of welcoming, uh, welcoming everything, um, then you realize that anxiety actually isn't as big and scary as you thought it was. It's just because you're avoiding the thing that's trying to message you something that's happening that needs to be tended to right emotions are are messengers and um, exactly yeah and then so and then the third step is to feel so once you've welcomed it you've allowed it to be there you feel the emotion and that can be done in in so many different ways you can just sit with it you can be with it you can dance with it you can it's just about being playful with the emotion and allowing it to have its moment and then its energy so it just moves on with 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 its day and it lets it lets you be until the next emotion wants to come and, and 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 bring it forth And I think that, you know, a lot of this, this stuff can't actually be healed and done until we are embodied. And that's Mm. the biggest thing. So whenever I'm working with clients, like the first approach I take with people is how can we start to spend more time in stillness or in body and Ah. get out of our minds? So presence is so, so key. And oftentimes people think, well, I can't, I can't meditate. I can't sit still, but presence doesn't just have to be sitting in stillness. It can be doing something where you're embodied. So embodied dance looks like you're dancing. And when, as soon as you find yourself uh, in, in your mind or in thoughts about what it's like to be dancing, you pull yourself back into your body. So it's just constantly getting yourself into this, into the, the, the body is, is, I think is key to trauma recovery. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm
1: -hmm. well i love that because you know i i go to yoga um and that 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 you know helps to move things through and and i love how um um that's a beautiful thing i'd I'd like to get that 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 information from you as well it's like acknowledging it um and then all the different ways to to sit with it and uh one of the things that i've learned also is that um um is to have the emotion rather than the emotion, having me. Mm, mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and so, so when I have the emotion, you know, I love when you said like, let's acknowledge it. Okay. that acknowledgement can literally like just help to kind of like, um, put it out in front of my body or just kind of me getting some space from it. Um, so that I'm able to like, you know, look at it basically. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, and so, um, and you know, and then you know, like you say, if there's dance, and then we can like dance with it and have, have it be like another person or something, <laughs> just like an energy to, to move around with, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I think oftentimes with people who are emotionally avoidant, um, the emotions are there anyway, we can't control. The, uh, the 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 fact that emotion is going to become part of our experience we can't control that it'll happen regardless and the more that we use these mechanisms to shut ourselves down from feeling them the more that they get encapsulated inside of our bodies and that's where they get stored and that's why we have psychosomatic issues which is like mm-hmm. basically diseases and stuff in our body because we have so much emotional density of these t- of these um heavy emotions inside of us and i call it like the emotional onion and uh, basically it's this, all of our, let's, let's say our, our, the center of the onion is our traumatic experience. And then every emotion that, that is trying to come forward to allow you to move through that trauma and, and release it. And you choose to stuff it down. It creates another layer on your emotional onion. And before you know it, you have this big, heavy onion inside of you and how we actually start to heal our trauma is by feeling the emotions that are trying to peel off of this onion, and then that's where we where we start to get to the the core of what actually needs to be healed. And I think that a lot of the the, the feelings that we're repressing are grief and sadness yeah. and uh, these heavier emotions. And then obviously, shame is a huge part of this as well. Ooh. I think it's it's probably mm-hmm. one of the most difficult feelings to be with shame, okay. in my opinion. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I, I kind <clears> of. <throat> Sorry, just one second. (laughs) Uh, Shame and guilt go hand in hand for me. Yeah, it's like it's like the uh, I I was brought up by um, uh, a Latin family, so yeah, a Latin Italian family, so it's like Puerto Rican Italian guilt. (laughs) 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 Anyway,
0: yeah, I hear you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's quite intense.
1: yeah, yeah. I um anyway, okay, go on.
0: Yeah. Um trying to think of um what else we wanted to talk about. So tips. Um let's let's but why don't we each take a moment and just kind of feel into our bodies and see what wants to come forward. What what sort of wisdom wants to come forward?
1: You know, um, have you ever heard of the the, the uh, a book called uh, It's not always, It's not always depression, and it's called the It's I forgot the name of the author, but it's called it's it's the change triangle. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> you know when you talk about dissociation. There's like this upside down triangle and um, and we have um disassociative behaviors and then um uh, and other behaviors that are more sort of uh, I wish I had that book now hmm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking out on that other part. Um, but it, but it's, it it just kind of leads to, um, two different ways of dealing with emotions. Mm. Um, one is active and one is, um, uh, reactive. Okay. Um, right. And so, um, and so they all lead to, uh, like the, uh, the seven core emotions. And remember that when I was telling you about all the going through anger through gratitude. Yeah. So they go through from anger, joy and um and their core emotions are are anger fear sadness um excitement sexual excitement and enjoy
0: oh interesting
1: yeah and um and so uh so shame and shame and guilt are, are part of the you know some of the um i guess the active ones for the uh the subheading for for emotions right and like and then uh and then anxiety um uh, something else on the other side. So, so, so what it is, is that like the shame and guilt and then the anxiety are basically the, 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 if the feelings or emotions that are, are leading to a core emotion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. <clears throat> and so, you know, when we talk about the emotions that are in the body. Um, it's just, they just happen automatically. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so we have our, 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 our traumatic experiences, you know, the, it's like, everything's recording the body, like we were talking about earlier. And so, so the body is just, you know, it's just instantaneously just responds to I any mean, outside stimulus. Right. And then we talk about, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on that woman's name again, um, Christina
0: Lopes, <laughs>
1: Christina loves, Christina loves,
0: Christina loves,
1: got it. Okay. Totally noted. Okay. She <laughs> probably won't be watching this anyway, so I won't worry about it.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh,
1: and what she what she uh, talks about, which is, um, you know, that we're highly sensitive people, and so all our emotions are in our bodies, and our trauma experiences are recorded, and so, um, you know, uh, so w- with this model, um, it teaches about um, to go to the body directly. And to really, like, name, you don't necessarily have to, like you said before, don't necessarily have to name the emotion, mm-hmm. but just, like, what's the body sensation happening? Like, okay, there's tightness over here. Oh, and there's, I'm feeling some sort of, like, uh, you know, some sort of, like, pulling in my belly or feeling cool in this part of my body or if there's tingling. So, so, but just to kind of, like, to to really be present with with the body sensations. Yeah right and then as as i be with the body sensations then then i'm able to kind of like let let whatever emotion wants to surface from that surface
0: yeah
1: right and so so then that that gives me an embodied way of moving through something right so it's like it's like ocean waves yeah right the wave comes the emotion comes and it crashes and we look at it and then we look at it crashing yeah (laughs) kind of thing and so so there's always this so this this um um, i hate to say this but it's 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 a constant thing that just happens in our bodies <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know so yeah so and then we talk about regulation like oh well how, how do we regulate with that well let's acknowledge it let's you know what's what's happening in our body uh okay this is what's going on i don't necessarily have to name the emotion um but I'm feeling agitated okay well let's go with that you know and mm-hmm. and then like and then you know there's there's a way um once I kind of feel all that and to kind of get myself back in presence like um like then then there's a question okay what's the wisdom of this emotion slash sensation right because um I think we talked about earlier I was learning you, you saying that was that all emotions had are messengers or teachers right yeah yeah, and they're they're telling me like, um, hey, pay attention, hey, let's set a boundary, hey, let's, uh, you know, be more authentic here, hey, mm-hmm. let's why don't we just like get centered and grounded first before we speak about something?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, uh, yeah. What just came alive for me when you said that is uh, the question: What is this emotion trying to teach me? Yeah, because that's huge and when we can start to look at our emotions as valuable instead of a pain in the ass <laughs> we because the, the the emotions are actually there to help you step uh, one step closer to your authentic self because if it's a triggering emotion it's triggering you to clear the stuff from your from your body that's no longer serving you so you can embody your authentic nature and if it's a positive emotion it's it's teaching you that this is what you are going to taste when you fully embodied your authentic Uh, experience, right? So Mm -hmm. I do think that there's so much value to each emotion. And I think if we can learn to approach our emotional experience with the flashlight of curiosity versus the flashlight of judgment, (laughs) because how, (laughs) how, how often do we approach our emotions with like, Ooh, like the, the, this judgment of like, oh, I don't want you in my experience. And then what does it do? It gets nastier, it gets louder, you bring resistance to something and it persists, right? So when, when we start to bring in the flashlight of curiosity, we're just trudging through our inner experience looking for things that are there to teach us something, right? Because curiosity always leads to value, you get value when you're curious. And when you judge, you just shut something off, shut something down. So right. I think that's, that's probably the tip I want to leave people with, is just try and be a bit more curious with your emotional experience as opposed to uh, judgmental.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that because there's... The, um, uh, what comes up in me with that is... Um, um, so there's two things. One is curiosity and, and vulnerability creates connection. Mm. Hmm. um right so i, I haven't I don't, I don't think i've ever put those two together before because usually vulnerability kids connection but it's a like curiosity and vulnerability together <laughs> yeah <laughs> is quite something yeah so that, that just kind of spoke up right now just now yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah i practice authentic relating and i actually teach authentic relating and um it's really cool because curiosity and vulnerability are the two most important uh, parts of authentic relating because you need to be present. Well, I'd say presence, vulnerability, and, and curiosity are the three components because you need to be present in order for you to be vulnerable. And then when you're in order for you to be vulnerable with another person, you also have to be able to be willing to be curious about yeah. what's going on with their experience instead of being judgmental and projecting. So, and, and that's authentic relating that's that's relating with your authenticity is is using vulnerability and curiosity
1: if I, I just got like butterflies in my belly when you said that
0: <laughs> yeah it's amazing I love I love uh authentic relating it's changed my life it's changed yeah. my my career it's helped me change my coaching style everything it's beautiful, it's beautiful. yeah good work man that's really quite gorgeous mm-hmm. um I want to finish off because I've been I think we often judge our, our trauma and we look at it as this big nasty monster. We don't want to deal with it. And I would love for us to end off with um a sharing from each of us about what have we gained
1: <sighs>
0: and what value has our trauma given us.
1: Mm, 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 mm. Mm. What have we gained? And what has, what value has trauma given
0: us? Okay. I don't even know my own answer. So I'm going to take a minute.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's a big question. Yeah. Uh, Well, what, what shows up right now is um, I think the gain um, it's, it's given my, it's, it's given me my self back, like, like my self care. Um, yeah, I, I'm noticing the level of self care for me is pretty up there you know Mm. um and uh so so i so i've gained um you know how to take care of myself so that i'm able to be present with another human being right with with my work you know sitting here with you Mm. um you know uh anywhere i think Mm -hmm. and um and it also has given me the like um the backdrop to draw on of like I you know all the learnings that I've that I've learned from from doing my work over the last number of years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so when a, when a when a when a client comes to me and talks about their traumatic history, mm-hmm. like I I can, like, you know super super duper deluxe like identify with them. I hear you. I've been there and and then just just by relating to them helps them to relax like okay i'm not the only one jesus christ you know (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) kind of thing and so um um here's 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 an example um so i remember here in maui um Ever and I were teaching at a retreat um back before we moved here and so <clears throat> so we we went to another room to do one on one process work and so so there were two students there um that uh that had something going on and then um uh what while I was processing one and then what i what was coming through was like okay, they need to talk to each other so they can work this out so not a great idea because it just one of them exploded and started screaming and breaking things and so wow so so here's where my background comes in because i grew up with that kind of uh intensity
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: right not not to say that it was all the time but you know a good part right okay so like i'm like oh man i know exactly what this is and so i'm like so i was able to be like Okay. Well, let's 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 work all this out here ladies, you know, and so you know, so I was able to just kind of be the the calm or the eye of the storm. Yeah. Right? And so um so that's that's a huge gain of of, you know, right? So it's it's basically giving me what I do today, basically.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the value um Just all the ways that I learned how to um, parent myself and love myself. Um, what we've been talking about today already, um, you know, and so and all the the six ways of regulating my emotions that we talked about, and um, uh, and, the, and the different ways that I've. Um, in my shamanism training where uh, we do our daily practice and, you know, we, we go on great spirit and we, you know, pray to the, to the seven directions. And, you know, we call in, I would call my, my spirit team. <laughs> mm, yeah. Right. And so like, um, okay, you guys, you know, every day I go to the sun and I just ask, okay, what's my sacred intention for today? You know, what, what's the wisdom that will most benefit me in the sacred day. And so then I get that intention and i you know, today is, um, Let's say peace. Um, oh boy, peace. Can't always remember in the morning, but peace. Ah, speak my truth. yeah, this is I remember, but, but peace and speak my truth. So, so in the morning I'll just say, okay, peace and speak my truth before me, behind me, peace and speak my truth above me and throughout the universe, peace and speak my truth below me and throughout the earth, peace and speak my truth on the right and left of me, peace and speak my truth within me, peace and speak my truth all around me and everywhere now. So, so it's like those words I put, you know, before, behind, above, below, uh, to both both sides within myself and around me and everywhere now, and so it's like, so I start. That's how I walk through my day with with that intention from the sun, right? And then I go to my my spirit team and and do my prayer. So yeah, beautiful, right? And so then that 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 just helps me to like, okay, here's my spirit team. I got my power animals and everybody, and uh, let's I ask for help for this day and to do what I got to do.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, and so so that that's that's been a a daily thing that's been uh very helpful cool yeah. um so so the gains and values are, are, are those are just you know uh where uh, you know, life has just like sh- shown me like oh okay you you know okay especially when when i was 25 but i went through that um it's like what opened up the door was that that the um the The landmark forum, uh, and so that opened up the door to like this whole, you know, twenty-five years of of uh, workshops and wow, you know, and classes and you know therapy and all that jazz.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. You got ten years on me. Oh, I, I've been digging in for about fifteen years now. Okay, okay. Yeah, since I was twenty. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about you? Okay, so what comes up for me? Uh, mm-hmm. Quite a quite a bit came up in in your story actually. I f- I resonate with your story quite a bit, and I think for me it would probably be around meaning and purpose. I think I've been called into this life um, to suffer so I can teach people how to work through their suffering and their pain, and I think that's that's why that's my purpose on this planet. And I've I've been aligned to my purpose since I was. 20, really, since I, 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 I've had a lot of suffering in my life up until this point. And I think um, I've been working with different spiritual teachers and working with my own spirit guides and my own intuition. And and I have been told very clearly multiple on multiple occasions that the second half of my life is going to be my time to shine. And I'm going to really, mm-hmm. really step into a beautiful power. And I'm going to become a, a really strong leader in showing people how to move nice. through So it's like, and my my life has always been that way. Like, even in my business, it's so fascinating that when I make a transformation happen um, in a certain area of my life, I attract clients literally right after. And sometimes even while I'm going through the transformation. So it's yeah. like, sometimes I'm only like two weeks ahead of my clients <laughs> and I'm like, I'd like literally just worked through this issue and integrated it. And now like I get a client and that's the universe really rewarding me for doing the work. And then knowing that I'm still resonating in that beautiful energy that it's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm passing that on to my clients. And so I, I, I teach from experience. I coach from experience and mm-hmm. the energetic transmissions that I give to my clients are from the work that I've done within myself. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really just praying that I don't have to keep doing this through my whole life because it's a bit taxing to be constantly going through. Suffering and transformation. I do see that there's going to be a point that I'm going to reach where my yeah. healing is going to be complete, and um, I'll be working with real time issues, not past issues. And that doesn't mean that I won't still be traumatized or I still won't deal with heartbreak and stuff. But there'll be there'll be issues of today, not issues of the past. And uh, that's what I'm really confident about moving forward. So, um, and the value that's given me is is deep connection, because through my empathy, I have the ability to connect with people in a really deep way. Mm -hmm. And my suffering has also humbled me. My trauma has also humbled me to the point where um, people feel safe with me, they feel like they can just show up and be their authentic self with me right off the bat, usually. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a very, very big gift that I have in my life from people when they just feel safe with me, I just think there's nothing more special um, because I get to connect with people in a deep, authentic way. There's nothing more beautiful in this life than that, in my opinion. And, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, those are, those are mine.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I love that that uh, you said, um, uh, that creates a deep connection, um, and, and how, how people feel safe with you, uh, automatically. Uh, so, um, I, it's, I myself w- experienced that with you. the first time I met you, so, mm-hmm. yeah, thank <laughs> so yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, I love that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to uh, throw some light at you as well, because I, I disclosed to you at the beginning of this podcast that I'm kind of struggling today and had a friend that passed away a few days ago and I'm just in a really heavy energy and, you know, you created this really beautiful bubble um, Mm -hmm. to come in and just be with you in this energy. And I just felt like you brought out this passion and this like, um, yeah, just like an enthusiasm because we're talking about these really beautiful concepts and I'm feeling your energy. You have a really calming presence and, uh, yeah. So thank you for this, Mm -hmm. this experience. It's been really beautiful and i'm glad that we get to put this out into the world and people get to consume this conversation and the energy that was exchanged between us so yeah beautiful
1: thank you thank you for this for this moment yeah likewise Mm -hmm.
0: did you i don't want to put pressure on you but did you want to um escort us out with a prayer oh sure okay yeah why don't we do that
1: yeah (sighs) all right let's take a breath and let's um, let's go ahead and, and we're, we're I'm I for the people out there and uh, and and it, us right here for us to even connect with our hearts even deeper in this moment so great and beautiful mystery uh, thank you so much uh, for this moment and time <clears throat> to bring forth the wisdom, the gifts um, uh, of your of your bounty and um, and your sacredness. and we thank you for the the uh, the clarity, the gifts of clarity, speaking our truth without blame or judgment, and thank you for giving us um, uh, clear vision and to speak that beautiful wisdom uh, as we uh, in, an, in an embodied way. And we give thanks uh, for the full, the clear, the strongly open heart, the unconditional love and acceptance that came through um, with Matt and I at this time and for everyone. And we give thanks for the wisdom of our ancestors that came forward and um, <clears throat> helping us again to uh, be embodied and to bring forth um, some clarity around uh, emotional um intensity, but also to bring forth the joy and, uh, and to, to bring forth that loving nature to, to all of our, um, all of our uh, uh, intense emotions and, and wherever we're at this time. And so uh, and that this medicine be a blessing for all the people. And you know, we give thanks for the beautiful warrior medicine to lead with the heart and lead with the soul in a beautiful way with great integrity and impeccability. And the beloved earth and sky, we thank you for your loving power and the integrative. We thank you for your tree of life. A uh, great mystery. And so thank you for all our spirit team to really support this um beautiful podcast and around spirituality and uh trauma recovery and, and the chakras and all the ways that that we can bring our true authentic self, right, and to really love all our emotions, celebrate every part of ourselves to the best of our ability and that to know that um just on the other side is just immense joy immense light exactly ex- who we really are to begin with right and we're just clearing the pathway so that we can um come back to this shake of joy so gratitude thank you so much great mission May this medicine be a blessing to all the people that that listen to this and offered up to the four winds in the four ways and we're in my it might be at this time thank you so much amen mm. and thank you for matt he's an amazing human being
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you yeah, yeah. Um, and I just want to finish off by saying if, if people are struggling um, with the pain of the past, um, that you're not alone. And um, to please reach out. That's why we are all here on this planet together. We're all walking each other home. Reach out to somebody uh, if you're feeling alone and you're feeling like life is becoming overwhelming because um, there's a lot of suffering on this planet right now. There's a lot of people that are taking their life because they feel overwhelmed by their emotions and their mind. And uh, sometimes all we need is just to reach out to somebody and just connect human connection. That's why we're. That's why we're here for each other. So please reach out if you're fine that you're struggling. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. So, yeah, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Much love to you all.
1: Uh-huh. Very well, everybody. <laughs>